I'm Kieran, and I want to help you knock fat and stress out of your life whilst becoming the healthiest that you can be. Join me and let's attack this journey together. Hello, 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 and welcome to another podcast. Now, I've got a fantastic um, guest with me today. His name is Brad Rossiter, and he's got an amazing story. And I think you can take so much away from this, hence why I brought him on. Anyway, so Brad, introduce yourself and just tell the listeners just a little bit about your journey. Um, and <laughs> Thanks, mate. Up until now. Um, cheers, buddy. Um, where do I start? God, let's go backwards. So I guess you and I met through um, a business mastermind that we've both been on, involved with. Um, I got there because... Coming up to the age of 50, um, I decided to get into the best shape of my life. Um, so recruited a coach to help me do that. And obviously, that's what we're going to go into a lot more throughout this podcast. Prior to that, though, I've been training in and out of gyms for about 33 years. Um, never, ever got into the shape I wanted to get into. Um, was doing triathlons in my early 20s. Got into the corporate world. You know, Time, life, travel, all that stuff stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. Um Brought up in Australia, moved to the UK, went back to Australia, moved back to the UK. So life kind of always got in the way. And I eventually got to the point, as I said, coming up to my 50th birthday, I went, sod this, I need to get it right. So that's when I just switched on um, the dedication to trying to get into the best shape of my life, which I did. And then as a result of that, now have walked away from the corporate world um, and running my own online fitness business. Amazing. So... There's a few, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's perfect. So there's a few little aspects there that I really want to go into. Yeah. And firstly, let's start with what you said there about the dedication. You said you, you sort of hit 50 and then you, you flick that dedication switch. So obviously I'm guessing throughout your fitness journey and throughout your life, as everyone has always had the sort of moments of like, I want to get in shape, oh, I want to get lean, I'm going on some mad beach holiday, whatever yeah. the event is. Yeah. So what was the difference between that dedication switch that you flicked that time with regards to maybe the previous times yeah. and the times before that? I think two things. Um, for me... Well, go back a little bit further. So I guess I, I, I started the whole thing out in my late teens or mid-teens, you know, so that's back in the, in the, in the 80s, um, where I saw a Guinness Book of Records with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who'd won, I think. He then set the record for the most Mr. Olympias at the time. He was number six for him. And I just saw this physique and I went, and, and again, you know, in, it was in the days of, of looking at um, cartoons and stuff, and like, sorry, paper cartoons back in those days, not online, <laughs> or telly and stuff, but on the back of them, there's always like those, those kind of Charles Atlas adverts of, of, the, of the 97 pound weakling being, having sand kicked in their face on the beach <laughs> while there's some big muscle guy. So as a, seven, as a 15 to 17 year old, I was like, that's the kind of physique I want to get into, and always, and I always thought they'd want to be in that shape. Cut to 30 years later, trial and error, trial and error, and trial and error, trial and error. Um, you know, it was coming up to my 50th birthday, as I said, so I'd been, I'd, I'd moved back to the UK about five years previously, and I said to myself, when I got back here, one of the first things I need to do is get back into, get a personal trainer and start getting back into shape again, which I did. Had a great trainer for about four years. Um, he was awesome. We went through some ups and downs, and he got me pretty close. He got me to decent shape. I said to him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind competing one day, and he laughed. 
Boy, you pity laughed. Yeah, he laughed. He said, <laughs> he said, and he'd competed. He was a WBFF pro. And he laughed. He said, you never do that. He said, he said W crazy. He said, you're crazy. He said, you don't want to do that. And I said, why not? He said, it's a, it's a, it, A, he said, it's a mind fuck to start with. It stuffs people up in their brain. Mm. And he said, B, you're too old. And, I, I didn't, I, and I didn't think of it at the time. That was, and that was probably two years into training with him. And I was in pretty decent shape. And how old were you at this point? So at that point, I was 47. Um, and so I, we kept training and I didn't think anything of it. And I was the years, went, a couple of years went past and I was like, 20, I turned 48, then turned 49. I'm like, I'm really honest. And it hit me, I was like, fuck, I'm almost 50. And it sounds really stupid, but, and even though I was quite fitness in my late teens and I was doing triathlons in my early 20s, I'd never, and that sounds really vacuous, but I'd never had a six pack. Mm. And having had that image in my head from my late teens of Arnie and then and watching all these guys over the years, um, literally over the years and years and years, and reading fitness magazines and men's health, muscle and fitness, flex, Ironman, all this stuff, just dreaming of one day being in that shape. Not necessarily massive bodybuilder, but just that shape that I always had in my vision in my head of being an image of masculinity and what a guy should look like. Um, And I just thought, I'm about to turn 50. Did you turn vegan? No. Did did that make the change? No way. (laughs) (laughs) That will will never happen. We'll talk about that later. Um, Yeah, me turning vegan, that's never going to happen. And I just thought, I thought I've got to do this. So I'd been, and obviously, no, I'd gone, I'd, I'd, I'd graduated from reading magazines to watching people online. Um, and I was following a few people on Instagram. And long story short, you know, followed a few, a handful of guys um, who I, I kind of idolised is probably not the right word, but that's probably the closest thing to it. And and after over a period of time, kind of narrowed them down to a couple that I thought maybe I could work with. And I was as nervous as shit. I was about to, I was forty nine years old, and I thought none of these guys are going to want to work with me. They're all fit young 29, 30 year olds. They've been on covers of magazines. They've been successful um, in competitions and things. I thought no one's ever going to work with me. But I just had this burning desire to get into that shape still. I thought it's getting close to 50. I'm like, I've got to fucking do something about this before I turn 50. And I would jokingly said to some friends of mine, all I want for my 50th birthday is a six pack. Yeah. Now it's a lot <laughs> deeper than that, but it sounds pretty vacuous, but it's a hell of a lot deeper than that. It always is. Yeah. And it was always about, it was all about being inspirational, about saying that I, it was my Mount, and I say this a lot to people, I've said it in my own podcast and things as well, it's, it's been my Mount Everest. Yeah. You know, people have always set crazy goals. You know, they want to climb Mount Everest, they want to swim the channel, they want to run across the Nullarbor Plain in Australia, they want to, I don't know, they want to do 25 cities in 10 days type thing, they want to do a pub call of 200 pubs across a weekend. There's always these crazy goals <laughs> people want to do, right? And mine was a six pack and getting to yeah. that kind of shape because it had been in my head since I was in my late teens. So eventually reached out to a guy uh, on Instagram and, and called his bluff. And he was promoting a, a, a service saying, yeah, I'll get you into shape. I can get anyone into shape. You know, is that, is that you? Do you want to do it? I went, and I said, fuck it, yeah, okay. Then yeah, I hit yes on one of his questions. Lo and behold, long story short, he did come back to me. Um, we had a very, very long conversation late one night. And yeah, I signed up. Um, started with him in, in, in May of last year. And four months later, um, on, on, on the day of my 50th birthday, stood in a gym full of bodybuilders who I idolised, um, with my shirt off, greased up, in front of a camera, <laughs> having my photo taken with a six pack. Amazing. It was, and it was, it was the most surreal, probably one of the most surreal moments of my entire life. 
I can only imagine. So yeah. what was going through your head when you were standing there? You know, it was or just, yeah. maybe even looking back at the pictures. I think when you're Which in I that, do. <laughs> yeah, I think when you're in that position, you almost you can't appreciate it because obviously you've got the pressure, you're, yeah. un, you're under the lights. Yeah. But then looking back, what was that sensation afterwards? Accomplishment, I think it's the first word that comes to mind, you know, yeah. and, but also then a hunger. Because what it did to me, and I'm talking about that flicking the dedication switch, it flicked a switch in me to say that I could do anything I put my mind to. Yeah. Having spent years and years and years across all sorts of things in my life, trying to play sports or be a musician or, you know, do something of, of tangible worth, I've never ever. I've always been kind of a bit of a Mister Average. Yeah. Never ever gotten to that level of any in anything that I've ever tried to do. So they're standing yeah. in front there, standing with a sick pack in front of a camera, having theoretically cover, you know, magazine cover model style photograph shoot being done. For a fitness, in a, in a, as a fitness guy, it was surreal. It was, and it still is to this day. I look back at the photographs and go, I just can't believe it was me. Yeah, but as I said, it flicked a switch, so it became rather than saying that that I hit my Mount Everest, that was me hitting base camp. That's it. This is one thing I say to everyone, and it's whatever your goal is now. Like if you just stick to your plan, your strategy. If you've got a coach and they've given you a strategy, or you've made one yourself, you just stick to it. Just stay dedicated. Just keep just yep. marching on, marching on, plodding yep. away on that. Your, the goalposts change. The goalpost does change. And it, it does a couple of things. It, it not only changes, but it, it, it changes, it morphs, it moves, um, it, it, it goes backwards slightly, it goes forwards slightly, it goes sideways. You know? And I think it's really weird, you know, it, as a result of all this stuff and then being in the business mentorship and everything and set up the business, there's a lot of talk around goals and how we can control our own lives and how we control our own destinies and stuff. And I'm... I'm slightly older than most of the guys in this group, and I kind of and I, I look at that slightly cynically, but also with a bit of wisdom, and go, actually, it's not. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah. You know, yeah, we can control what life throws at us, and we can control how we. Sorry, we can't control what life throws at us, but we can control how we react to that. Hundred percent. You know, but there is there is obviously periods of time where we where you can take a bit of control. In this example, when fuck it, I want to get into shape. And in previous iterations of trying to do that, there's always an excuse, not enough time, too tired, not enough money for a personal trainer, um, you know, too busy with work, couldn't get into a routine. There's always an excuse. So this instance, yeah, I did take control. I went, fuck it. And that's when the dedication switch hit. I went, I'm going to do this. I don't care what people say. And the fact, the more that people said I couldn't do it, and the more in my own brain I said I couldn't do it, the more determined I became to do it. Yeah, um, and that's exactly where I'm at now. For as I said, that's hit me at base camp, and I'm taking it to the next level this year. So, what is the goal from now then? So this year, I want to get on stage and compete at the age of fifty. Amazing! You know, and and how many people <laughs> in your sort of? I'm guessing you've scoped out the um, <laughs> the competition. Competition. <laughs> um, not really. To be honest, I haven't really looked because I'm Have not. You not. No, because to be honest, I mean, and I read this a lot with the guys who do this. The people who do well out of these competitions, and and to a little bit of credit to my previous trainer, said, "Don't do it. It's a, it's a brain fuck." And he's right to a certain point. He said that the people that don't get messed up in the brain are the people who don't look at the competition and don't worry about the guy standing next to them. Yeah. They there. They they turn up and they want to be the best version of themselves. It's you versus you. And that's how I'm entering into this. I don't care about what the competition is. I do, and having said that, I caveat that comment slightly. If I was 38 years old or 35 years old, 
and I was in a similar position, I'd probably be much less inclined to do it mm. because there's so much more competition. You know, so if you're between the ages of 25 and 35 to 40, there's a hell of a lot more guys going through it, but there's very few guys over the age of 45. So I've got a bit of an advantage that I'll be in that plus 45 age bracket. There's not think, much out there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that because I think that's the same with with everything, like any sport you do, any sort of goal you set. I think when you look at it, at that sort of peak age, at, we say, the ripe age, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Between, say, 25 and maybe 40. Yeah, 40, yeah. There, there's always an abundance of, say, quote-unquote competition. Yeah. You get that with personal training, but you get that in anything. Absolutely, yeah. And it's quite funny what you're saying there. That really resonated with me with how you don't look and the people that do best are the people that just kind of focus on themselves because yeah. I was found that with, I found that with boxing yeah. some, of, some of the fights when I was a bit earlier on I'd get so focused on my opponent I'd watch yeah. all his fights and I'd study everything yeah, yeah. and you'd get in the ring and there was one fight that really um, resonates with me is he was we had um, this fight this bloke John Heavens my first fight for the national title and he had this fight with um, one of the Felix brothers and he was standing there, and they just you could they could have the the fight in a phone booth. So I was thinking, right, he's going to come, and that's the way I like to fight. Yeah. I'm much more of a pressure fighter. And then when I got in the ring with him, it's completely different. Yeah. He was on his back foot, so he's like, so yeah. after that, then I was like, right, yeah. no, let's look for the, the sort of punches he likes to throw. Let's look for his yeah, patterns. Yeah. But yeah, you don't get focused because I find you end up then almost becoming reactive yeah. because you're almost waiting for you wait exactly to, you're preempting it, and I think. You know, it's, that's exactly right. And I think we all do that in everything we do in our life. Mm. You, pre, you, you, you preempt or fantasize, you know, what might or may not happen. And this is, again, this whole point around not being able to control your life is that there is, there, you can only control certain things. You can't control every aspect. You know, I can't control, if I'm driving down the road, I can't control what another driver's doing. That may run into me, but I can, re- I can, re- yeah, I can control my reaction. It's like that Victor Frankl quote. Have yeah. You read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's that little moment. There's that moment between stimulus and and response. And response. Yeah. yeah. And I've and that resonated massively with me. Um, and this is what I think you can. It's not about controlling your life. It's about controlling what life throws at you. Because you can't control other people, you can't control other things. You can do it to a certain point, and you know I've been in sales for a really long, a long time. So you can you get to a point where you know you can kind of control a conversation to make it go which way you want it to go. But nothing is nothing is predictable. Yeah. And I think life as a whole is not predictable. You you can you can have visions and goals and and dreams and things. And I have I've got no problem with people going after their dreams, and which is exactly what I'm doing. Um, but there's also a point where you kind of you've got to be realistic. And in the corporate world, you quite often talk about smart goals, mm. specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. And big life goals quite often quite often aren't time smart bound. goals. Sorry, I put, I posted about this yesterday on Instagram, yeah. and I was like, "What's the tea?" The, yeah, and I was like, "What's the tea?" And I was like, "Is it it's time? Is it it's time? Type? Yeah, time bound because it's, it's got to be like it, it, rather than saying I want to lose weight." In the smart goal is when? I want to lose 10 kilograms by the 6th of June. Yeah, yeah. Be nice and specific with it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and quite often life goals are never smart goals. They're just big, gutsy, mm. hairy, ball-ass goals going, I want to have a six, I want to have a six-bedroom house. Yeah. Or I want to have a big house. You know, not even that specific, but room sizes. So things like that. And I think that's when life gets really scary because people put these massive goals and they become almost unrealistic and hard, and hard to achieve. So therefore they don't. They give up. 
Whereas you yeah. break it down into things bit by bit by bit and make it a little bit more achievable and realistic, hence the smart goal thing, then that can work towards the bigger goal. But conversely, and again, coming from a bit of wisdom experience of being on the planet for a while, and as a, there's, a, there's a quote I use now is that, um, you know, there can be a fish in a river looking up at a bird on the branch of a tree. And that, no matter how hard that fish dreams or wants or desires to be that bird and fly away, he never will be able to do it. He's not designed to do it. I've never heard that. <laughs> it, put, a... it puts that whole thing about dreams and goals completely to bed yeah. because it's not the same. What you've got to realize is you've got to realize there is, there is going to be boundaries. Yeah. I'm never going to be a professional footballer. Mm. Full stop. I'm 50 years old. I don't have any experience playing football or soccer or whatever, like that. It's not going to happen. I can't just come up with that dream and go, I'm going to do it. it. won't happen. Or there's a very slim chance it would happen. You know, I'd probably have to put on a hell of a lot of dedication, pay a lot of money to be bribed someone <laughs> to yeah. go play football for Arsenal or something. You know, so I think, I think we've got to be very careful. And you and I work in a space a lot around objections, and, not objections, but objectives and goals and dreams and all this kind of stuff. And I think we've got to be very careful about telling people that they can do anything they want to do. I think on that note as well, it's one thing to really um, state here as well is that unfortunately there's a lot of people that aren't as moral as us in this space and they will genuinely sell you dreams and they will use your desperation, say, and they'll use your kind of emotion to create a quick dollar because unfortunately people... Yeah, can see that. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and again, as, as I said, having been in sales for years, sales is a very emotional thing and you sell by flicking emotional switches. Yeah. And that's anything. You can be selling a house, a car, a TV, a fitness program, a, a job. You know, you play on, the, on people's emotions and it's a slightly manipulative, um, but if you find the people who have got integrity and trust, and there are and there's plenty out there as well, so to, to your point, you know, I agree with you, and I think you've got to be very wary of that. And for the listeners who are in that process of trying to find help or anything like that, be very careful who you talk to, really look into it. Mm. There are some people out there who don't have the integrity or the authenticity that they say they do. But at the same token, there's a lot who do. Yeah. You know, and there's some really and there's some very good people out there who genuinely want to help out, who genuinely want to give people um, better lives, improve their lives, and it's not about their own, you know, bank accounts and stuff like that. Um, so, you know. It's like anything in life. Don't rush into anything without doing some good research and some and some thought. And it's easy to say that in hindsight when you've been burnt a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you know, take it from experience. Um, and that's again what life's all about. So this is again this whole not controlling life. You know, and it's a classic example. You know, you think right, I need a I need a coach or a mentor. You go and pick someone, and you think you've done all the research. You think you're in control. You're not. You know that yeah. person can manipulate you emotionally, financially. Um, and all sorts of things and, you don't, and it takes some time to realise that's what's happening before you then have to make another decision to either move on or change or, or flip or whatever yeah so you know so I, I, I think I've, the, if anything I've learned over the past 12 months or so or less than 9 months or so throughout this journey both from a physical point of view and a fitness point of view and a mental point of view I've learned a hell of a lot you know so I don't take any I'm not going to disparage any of that mm. And I, I've got massive, massive amounts of gratitude for what I have learned and the process I've been through. Um, so it's been interesting. You know, it's, it's, I've learned probably in the last nine months or, so, or eight months or so more about myself than I have in the past 50 years. 
So that's that's amazing, and that's kind of one thing that I want to loop back to, and coming more into the kind of mindset and and the mentality aspect of what you did, because one thing that we do tend to find, especially, I don't mean this in like a rude way, but especially with people, especially gentlemen at your age, yeah. is imposter syndrome. Well, it's not, it's not imposter, it's, 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 it's not in that, but it's not we tell, it's we this, tell it's this disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. But we tell ourselves, everyone has their own sort of personal narrative, like this story that you tell yourself. And yeah. Don't get me wrong, society plays into this. Yeah. And so whenever you speak to someone in the gym, probably over 35, they will always tell you, I am too old. Yep. I am too old. So 100%. how did you fight against that? I ha- well, I, I, to, to his credit, my coach helped. Um, absolutely did instill some self-belief. Uh, and I think there was... It, 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 there was a bit of a turning point throughout the journey. So in my 16-week transformation, about halfway through, when the results really started to become apparent, physically, physical results, and the six-pack emerged, mm. it hit me that, hang on a minute, I can do this. And then you, then the confidence builds, the self-belief comes up, and then you start to get hold, you, know, you start to take hold of that thought and go, oh shit, I can actually do this. This is actually happening. And I think you've got to, so I think, to get to that point, it's about patience. It's about trusting a process. And I've said this numerous times as well. Trusting the coach. They've been there before themselves. They've done it with other people. Um, you've kind of got to let go a little bit. Again, con- controversially, to, or con- yeah, in contradiction to the point around controlling your life, you've actually got to let go a little bit mm. and, and, and let the process do its job <clears throat> and follow that process and trust it because you can't, you know... I will never look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, a classic example. I don't, because yeah. genetically I'm different. Forget the age thing, genetically I'm different. I'll never run a four minute mile. I'll never do a nine second hundred meter sprint. I'll never play professional football. Um, I'll probably never climb a, a, climb a cliff face because I'm not built for it. Physically not, I don't have the genetics, I'm not built for it. And these are the things I'm saying, you know, about being very wary about setting goals and stuff that are, that are, that are, that are, that are impossible. There are only certain things we can control. So it's about becoming the best version of you. And I think that's what I also realized out of the journey. It wasn't about me looking at someone else going, I want to look like that. Yes, there's some inspiration. And I took a lot of inspiration from a lot of the guys I've been following for months and years and years and years on online and social media and stuff. And the guys I've been looking at in magazines for years and the competitors and things. You know, you go, oh, I'd love to look like that. But it's about looking like that, not being that person. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes with any, any goal. It's about recognizing and we always talk about we talk about the why um, and recognizing the fact that it's about being in the, in this space when it comes to physical fitness it's about being the best version of yourself and no one knows what that looks like yeah no one knows what that looks like you've got an idea because you've seen the inspiration of other people but you don't know what you're going to turn out like so what I, when I did that photo shoot I looked very different to what I had in my head <laughs> really yeah very different so in what ways? So what sort of aspects of your like body shape? Yeah, the body it? shape was very different. I was a lot. Well, I got very lean for a start, which is great because obviously the six pack came out and all that kind of stuff. I wasn't as big as I'd like to be in my yeah. head, and hence the fact that I'm going to the next level and want to compete. I want to do that as, as heavier than I was for my shoot. Um, I think the results of the shoot were phenomenal. As I said, it was incredibly surreal, but it wasn't in my head 
the, the physique that I eventually want to get to. Hence the mm. fact that that's base camp. I've got to go to the next level. Um, and now that I know that I can achieve what I did, I think getting to the next level is going to be a lot easier. Not easier, but less challenging. Yeah. So what would you say to any listeners with regards to that sort of mindset, with regards to challenging your own self-beliefs? Like what would be the best advice that you could give? And especially, and especially to the people who are more your age. Yep. I think two things. Don't let it get to a point where you need to have this conversation with someone or need to have a thought, i.e., you know, have a medical issue or a heart attack or get onset got adult onset diabetes or suddenly get to a point you can't play with your kids in the backyard because you're out of breath and you're, you're unfit or you can't walk upstairs or this sort of stuff. Don't let it get to that point. Um, don't think that, you know, physical fitness, don't think of it as being, it's an aesthetic vain pursuit. You know, consider it as being, if you are physically fit and healthy, you're going to be much better performing in every other area of your life. And it's one of the challenges I have with talking to potential clients or trying to find potential clients because most guys of my era, plus 40, corporate, A, they don't realize the importance of physical fitness, so it's not a priority for them until something happens. Yeah. And B, I'll be very honest, they're fucking lazy. <laughs> you know, they're, they're comfortable. They're in their 40s. They've got family. They've got kids. They've got a good career, most of them, you know, and they're comfortable. So they're lazy. The thought of getting into that shape, they go, oh God, it's, it's, too, it's too hard, is, is the conversation you have with people. It's too hard, it's, never, it's not for me. You know, I hear so many guys say, it's not for me. And that's not because they don't believe, that, sorry, that's not because it's not for them, it's because they don't believe in themselves. They don't wanna start out on that journey because they think they're gonna fail. So it comes right back to self-confidence and that belief that, that they can do it. And I want to prove to people, and this is, my, this is my why, is I want to prove to people that you can do it. You can do it. I'm not going to say you can do anything you put your mind to, because we talked about that. You can't golf, you can't fly, <laughs> you know. But within reason, you can. You know? and, I, and I'm not subscribing to the fact that everyone has to get a six-pack. That's not the point. It, it genuinely isn't. It's about becoming the best version of yourself physically so that you can be a better version of you in every other aspect of your life. You're more productive at work. Um, more energy for your kids, more energy for your partner, you know, just generally a happier person and happier world and happier and better well-being. And I think I see so many of my friends who've had heart attacks, who have gotten overweight and obese, you know, who they put out this persona of of happiness and and laughter and joy, but deep down I know full well because I've had conversations with them, they're not happy with themselves. But they're scared. Mm. They're scared that if they try it's not going to work. They're scared that if they put the effort in and it doesn't work, they're going to get laughed at and they're going to miss out on stuff because they've given up. They have to give up things they think they're enjoying like drinking with their friends or fancy meals out or travel and this kind of stuff. They think they're going to miss out on all that kind of stuff if they then start this journey. It's not the case. You know, it's about balancing life out. I did a very extreme version of it. You know, I did it in a four-month period because I had a vision and I had a goal and I had that that target to do and I and it was something that had been on my, in, my, in my mind for 30-plus years. If someone in their 40s suddenly thinks to themselves, I need to get fit, unless they've had that 30-year burning desire, it's a different kettle of fish. And they're kind of like, that's, they're the people who are a bit scared. They go, I don't know if I can do this. I'm too old. I'm too tired. I don't have the energy. I don't have the money. I have no the time. 
you know, and they give all make up all these excuses, but at the end of the day, what's really stopping them is that self belief and that confidence that they can do it, and they're afraid they're going to fail if they try. Powerful, <laughs> very, very powerful. It's very, very true, though. Yeah. So then, actually, looking at your your journey, obviously, you very much fast tracked yep. the that sort of getting to shredded. Yeah. What was your body? What sort of body shape were you in before you started that last cut? Like, what? what the, the weird thing was, was, I, was I was my starting point was I've always been you know, well, oddly in my brain I've always been, and this comes back to again the self confidence thing and where it all started from. In my head, I've always been a tall, skinny, fourteen year old boy. Um, I was very tall at a very young age. I was very skinny at a very young age and into my teens. Um, couldn't put weight and people laugh and, and think that I got I had it lucky I couldn't put weight on at all I could eat whatever I wanted to yeah literally eat whatever I wanted to up until my probably my late 20s um, and everyone my girlfriends and, and, and mates are all like you're busted and but mind you didn't have a six pack um, skinny fat it's now called <laughs> it's, the, it's the technical term um, all my life I was skinny so so in my head, even though when I started this recent fitness journey back in, in May last year, I was 96 kilos. I'd been up to 120 in my life before, but still thought I was skinny. <laughs> wow, yeah. 120 kilos. The heaviest I've ever been was 120 kilos. And I'm guessing that wasn't muscle. Like, no, that, that was not muscle. Went... That was beer. Oh, that was having worked in the beer trade for four years. What back, size... Back to Trouser, you with your waist. That's not too it's not big. bad. I, and this is what everyone said to me. I didn't look overweight, mm. and I think I'm lucky that I do carry weight reasonably well. But in my head, even at 120 kilos, I was the skinny kid. That's mine. Um, and I would, and because I, I still had that vision of Arnie in my head, and I wanted to look like that. And that to me was a bigger guy. And again, part of the process I went through with my with my coach. As we started, as I started losing weight, everyone would think, "Oh, you're losing weight. That's amazing. That's really exciting." I got shit scared. When I started, when I got down to about eighty kilos, or starting approaching eighty kilos, I, I panicked massively. I said, "I don't want to be this skinny," because I had visions of this this fourteen year old skinny kid in my head again. And I said to him, "I, I, I said to some of the, we looked back through some of the um, transformations you've done with other clients, and I put, pointed a couple of guys out who I thought looked too skinny. I said, "Don't make me that skinny. Yeah, don't do it." And I freaked. I literally freaked. I dropped under 80 kilos for the first time since I was probably about 22. Yeah. I was under 79, I got under 80 kilos and I, I my, my head fell off. I was like, I can't, this is weird. I can't do it. I looked amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And the weird thing was, I and, and, and he eventually convinced me and we got there, obviously. When I did my photo shoot, I was 76, just shy of 77 kilos. Um, so I'd lost almost 20 kilos. I genuinely didn't think I had 20 kilos to lose to start with, but I looked bigger. But I got from a 38-inch waist to a 30. Um, well, actually then I was 36 down to a 30. I'd lost 20 kilos, but I looked physically bigger. And the mind, the mindset shift out of that was phenomenal because I, as I said, I was panicking getting under eighty kilos. I thought I was going to be this scrawny, skinny guy, but now I still want to get bigger again. It's still there, kind of, but I'm doing it in a different way, and I know I will be bigger and, and in the right way, bigger. 
It's quite amazing how it still always comes around to that personal narrative. Yep. That personal narrative is instilled in you from such, from a, young such a young age. age. And, and this is it. This is, why I'm still, this is why I'm saying I got to base camp and now I'm going to Everest. I'm, yeah. I'm about to start climbing Everest now. I still want to get to that. I still, I'm not, I didn't, I'm still not the physique I wanted to be. Yeah. But I, but again, that shifted slightly. I'll never be, as I said, I'll never be Arnie. I don't want to be as big as Arnie. I don't want to step on the Olympia stage. That's ridiculous. Um, but I want to get bloody close, as close as I can do at, at, at someone who's... And it's going to take me four or five years. It takes a lot longer to build muscle than it does to, to burn fat. Mm. It's going to take me three or four or five years. So coming for back at that then, what would be, for people of your sort of age group, what yep. would be some top tips... Let's start with we're going through yeah, different areas. Two things. So, two, so I think, first, it's got lifestyle. Yeah, what lifestyle. Top lifestyle tips. What are the big and and by that and say so. What were the biggest changes that you made? Yep. And how and their effect. Yep. I think from a lifestyle point of view, it's balance. Um, and it, but but don't think balance means being good all week and then going crazy on the weekends. Yeah, it's not. That's not balance. <laughs> you know, you're wasting you're wasting all the effort that you're doing during the week, and that literally wasting yeah. it. So it's about balance across the whole seven days. Um, it doesn't, but it doesn't mean sacrificing all the stuff you enjoy. It's about finding ways around being able to still enjoy those things, maybe in moderation, but balancing it. And it's possible to do that. Mm. Um, so that's from a lifestyle point of view. I think it's very much a balance. I think it's. I think it's. Get out of that. So that's one is balance. Two is getting out of the mindset that you don't have time. Because I guarantee you, the person that says they don't have time is the same person that will stand in a coffee shop on a Monday morning and say they watch six hours of Game of Thrones over the weekend. Yeah. You know, or they binge watch a whole series of TV on Netflix. <laughs> and, and, and they say, and, and they say, I don't have time. And sit there and hold a serious conversation with you about what's going on in Love Island. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and they know the ins and outs of. EastEnders and all this kind of shit. You know, there's 168 hours in the week. You only need, I spent, I can put my hand on my heart, six hours a week is all I did with training to get in the shape I did in 16 weeks. It's nothing. Six hours is nothing. A week. A week out of of 168. Yeah. You know, it's bugger all. It's less than an hour a day. It's all it needs. So get so that's number two. One is balance. Two is get out of the mindset you don't have time. You do or and make time. Fine. You know, one of the great quotes I've, I've I've discovered over the course of these months as well is before you make any decision to do anything, ask yourself one question: Is what I'm about to do going to help me get to my goal? And if it's not, don't do it. I.e., I'm about to sit down and watch it. You know, I'll do back to back catch up on Love Island. Is that going to help me get to my fitness goal? No, it's not. Then I'm not going to do it. You know, so that's two, one thing, balance. Two things, don't make the time and say don't say you haven't got enough time. And the third thing is just is, is, is make the decision to start or try. Don't be afraid. I think that's probably the better way of saying it is don't be scared. Don't yeah. be afraid to try something new and try something different or don't be try to finally go for that dream or go for that target. You know, and, that's, and I know you're asking lifestyle. I know that's a bit more mindset but it's about... It, that becomes a lifestyle thing because people will use excuses or they will procrastinate or they'll find they'll find other ways to be busy to say that they can't do this. Yeah, there's, it's very true. Well, that is that is lifestyle very much so. But it's like the um, 
Martin Luther King quote, isn't it? It's like you might not be able to see the top of the staircase in order to take the first step. Yep. And that is what it is. And that, yeah. that is one of the biggest things. I think people get so scared to take that that first initial leap of faith, that yeah. first initial step. Well, they're scared. They're scared of failure. And as you get older, it's really weird because you think about a child. A child has no fear. I've done a lot of snow skiing over my life. Years and I started skiing at the age of 12. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. But as I got older and had had a few accidents and fallen over and hurt myself, yeah. I got less and less ambitious and less and less risky or got more and more risk adverse. Um, and as I got, un- not unhealthy, but as, I, as my fitness dropped in my later years, I started, I, even let, I became a cruisy skier. Mm. I still having fun, but I wasn't taking risks. And I was one of these guys years ago when I was, I was a ski guide um, one winter many years ago and my, my adage was if you're not falling over you're not skiing hard enough <laughs> but then obviously you fell over 15 times like, it that's, a, that's a good little saying yeah it's like, it's like the no fear thing if you're not living on the edge you're taking up too much space um, <laughs> you know so it, and, but then I, as I got older and started falling over a lot you know I, I got hurt and I stopped taking the risks and I yeah. think as we get older we get more as we get older and wiser and more experienced we get more fearful whereas a kid a child has no fear. Yeah. They haven't been hurt. They haven't had the experience. They haven't put their, st- their hand on that stove. They haven't, you know, been bitten by the bee or the spider. You know, they haven't done they haven't done that stuff that makes them wary. As we get older, there's so much stuff in our lives and experience that make us wary that we will stop taking risks. And that's what you're going to get. You've got to be childlike to some extent and go, okay, don't think I can't do it because I've, I've failed at something else. Um, you know, don't let that hold you back by, you know, just because you've fallen over snow skiing doesn't mean you can't motorcycle, as an example. You know, yeah, you, no, you've it's, gotta, um, I, feel like, I feel like this, this episode is basically just like a, se- a, a quote session. <laughs> it's like that, there's that really good, um, crazy, is it? The cliches. Fear, fear is, yeah, yeah, fear is a thief of joy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, there's and so many. Yeah. <laughs> when you look at the books around us, it's like, there's, it's full of all this yeah, shit. It's but, but it's true, true though. And, but, but the weird thing is, and this is what I said at the very beginning, is you've still got to take those sayings with a... Pinch of salt. <laughs> great result, yeah. as they say. Get another say. Because, it, because it's... This is a lot. This is gonna, this is very. This is going to be. This is very polarizing. What I'm about to say. You can't. Positive thinking, whilst it's great, is not the answer to the world's tribulations or your own personal tribulations. You can't yeah. positive think your way out of everything. It, you just. You just. I mean, it's, it is reality. I'm sorry, people. I mean, the people shut me, shut me down for that and, and yell at me. See, that was my biggest um, my biggest takeaway from the book The Secret. Yeah. I can't I can't read that book again because yeah. it just annoys me. Mm. Like at the end of it when it finishes about that guy, that blind guy, and he's like, Yeah, I really wanted to see, so I just started thinking about seeing. Yeah. And I could see and it's like life does not work like that. Life does like, not work like that. You can't sit in your room like being lonely yeah. and be thinking or wishing for a girlfriend. Exactly. And You've got to take action. Tinkerbell's just going to open exactly. the window. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, life Correct. does not work. You need to be more proactive. You've got to be much more proactive. In your life. You can be... Pro- it, it come, what it does come down to is not so much positive thinking but it does come down to choice. Yeah. And you, as we said before that lovely Viktor Franco quote you know there's that gap between uh, stimulation and response where you have a choice. 
And again, another book that I've read um, and, I, and I live by, a thing called Erroneous Zones. Again, he opens up the first chapter is all about choice. You know, and you can choose to be positive. Yes. Is that going to solve the problems of your life? No. You need to take actions to solve those problems, not just sit back and think positively about it. Um, you know, and we talk about mentality, we talk about mental health a lot, and there's obviously that's very in focus at the moment. It's kind of de rigueur at the moment, and everyone's you know looking at mental health as a as a serious issue. And it is, you know, and I, and I had a bit of a I had a bit of a debate with a close friend of mine about mental health, and my take was you can choose not to be depressed. And he got very upset, saying, "Hang on, but you know, people have got depression. That's not their that's not their choice." And I went, "Hang on a minute. It's it's there, there's a fine line." And again, this is slightly polarizing, what I'm about to say, so bear with. You know, people who are clinically diagnosed of having depression and having anxiety is a far cry from people who feel depressed or feel anxious. Mm. They come hand in hand when you have been diagnosed properly, but those who generally, if I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling blue and I'm feeling depressed, I don't have depression. I am feeling depressed, but that's my choice. And I yeah. can choose not to be. So that's where you've got, there is, a, there is a balance there as well. So again, it's not the solution to everything. That's why they want to be with this positive thinking stuff. There are some things you can't change. If you're clinically, desi- clinically diagnosed with depression or clinically diagnosed with anxiety, that's very different. It's not your choice. There's something mentally, there's a chemical imbalance potentially Everyone in your brain. Everyone has bad days though. Everyone, Everyone has bad days. On the wrong side of the bed. But and it doesn't mean they have depression. I had this conversation with one of my clients today. Yeah lives a very has a very busy job like hectic job yeah um two kids like in the middle of planning her wedding yeah um like God. her life is 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 mayhem and so what i was saying to her is when she gets up in the morning is just little things like if she wakes up even if she's working up on let's say the wrong side of the bed or whatever yeah she's working up, i was like have either a little brain dump and just, or a little moment of gratitude, just start the day yep. with a little moment of gratitude. Just say three things that you're happy yep. for. Sun can be shining. Be like, hey, I'm glad for nice weather. Yeah. Obviously, we don't get that in England. But, like, <laughs> yeah, but then, like, you look yeah. across and, and your husband or your, your partner's lying in bed. But, like, I'm actually blessed to have someone so beautiful and so happy yep. and nice. Like, just start your day with a little bit of positivity. Because if you get up and you think a negative thought. Absolutely. And then you go and wake up your kids and they're like, like and then from the get-go you're just like going from firefight to firefight so you're always just in that really negative mindset and you you'll not pull that self out of you it's almost like the chimp paradox yes a lot about that yeah and it's about learning to control your chimp (laughs) yeah Yeah. but you're in a chimp yeah yeah so but my my biggest thing is even if you no matter what is always try and start your day positively and that is even just put on some really positive music and just have that play in the background at least then you can tune into that exactly you get a little bit of abba makes you smile (laughs) i love you know i love that point around just saying wake up and being thankful for three things yeah makes such a difference just that little task you know, and again, making the time to put that time aside to, to do that practice. One of the, that was one of the biggest things that changed me around when I first started doing this as well was my getting a morning routine going. Mm. Um, and I think you know if you, you've got to you've got to realise that there are there are I may or may or not may, or not, may not get this right, <laughs> but there are three. There are only three emotions. It's three or four. <laughs> um, 
all, and they're, they're, it's a bit like primary colors. There's only three yeah. or four, and it's sadness, happiness, and anger. I think are the only three legitimate emotions. Everything else is a spin-off from one of those three. Mm. Um, and but it's okay. But it, what? But the point being is that you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be happy. Obviously, you desire you want to be happy. But you know, and and a lot of people feel that they're not allowed to be positive if they're having going through a tough time, or they're not allowed to feel, or they're not allowed to be happy if someone's just died. You know, there's this all this stuff about where, or they're not allowed to feel overly sad about something that may not upset somebody else. Yeah. Um, so it's about balancing that. And this is, again, that choice point of view is that, and to your point, waking up in the morning and being, not necessarily staying, wrapping your head in positive thinking, but choosing to start the day right. Stuff's going to, life's going to throw shit at us. Yeah. You know, it really is. And it's about how we react to that shit and choosing the way to react to that stimulus and response piece. Again, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're feeling bad. That's the stimulus. You have the choice in that pause with how you react to that feeling. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not going to feel like shit today. I'm going to fucking change my mind. Um, and it's not about, it's not about necessarily wrapping up in positive thinking. It's changing your mind. It's having that choice of going, I don't want to feel bad this morning. I yeah. don't want to feel depressed today. I don't want to feel pissed off or tired or angry. But then to our, to our other point, don't just think about it, take action on it. And that's the biggest problem with this day and age. It's all this fluffy stuff around books and, and, and mindset and, and terminologies and all this sort of stuff. But unless you take action, it's not going to change. You can't, you, you can't just sit there and think positive thoughts and the world's yeah. going to be right. It, doesn't, it generally doesn't work like that. So did you ever have, especially when you're in your corporate role, obviously highly stressed, yeah. I'm guessing pretty yeah. crappy nutrition, yes. um, a lot of alcohol, yep. pretty poor sleep, or, you know, all, all, the, all, the, all the big combat all indicators yeah. for um, anxiety. So did you ever struggle with any of those? Actually, like yeah, any yeah. form of sort of like anxiety well, look, I, think, I think probably if I look back stress was my biggie yeah. um, and I, a lot of that was self-induced um, I took a lot of things personally when it came to work and, 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 and criticisms and negative feedback and all that kind of stuff um, so I was very highly stressed and always, and obviously in sales roles and stuff very competitive and you're constantly chasing targets and it's pressure, 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 pressure mm-hmm. um, did that have a negative did that manifest itself negatively, like doing something like alcoholism? No, I don't think so. Okay, I might have come close, and I certainly was wary of falling into that trap of going, I've had a bad day, I'm going to have a bottle of wine. I knew that I probably would fall into that if I wasn't careful. So I was aware of that before letting myself get there. But I think, if anything, that if, you know, as I got more stressed and more senior and that stuff, that's again that helped me flick that switch from that to that the physical fitness side of things because that became a release. Mm. I couldn't wait to get to the gym because it, it was that hour that after work, it was that hour that I could I had to myself, put my headphones in, put my music on, shut the world out, um, and you know, just had that time for me. And I de-stressed, and it made a fucking huge difference. That's a massive thing, actually. Let's let's touch on that. So I wanted to kind of yeah. segue that bit into kind of like nutrition tips yeah, for yeah. how you change. But I think yeah. that's far more. Um, it's going to be far more powerful for those people listening. Is that reward? Yeah. I've had a shit day. I am stressed, so I will give myself the. 
whatever that may be, whether yeah. that may be your bars of chocolate, whether that may be a pint, a pint with a pint with colleagues, pints. exactly. And this like, is what people do, and this is and it's a societal thing that they think that you have a shit day, you go have a drink. Mm. You know, you hear it all the time. I've had a shit day. I need a gin and tonic. Oh God, I need that glass of wine. Oh God, I need that 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 burger. You know, and it's become society. That's the norm. So you just think that's what you do, particularly in corporate. What what does everyone do on a Friday night? Oh fuck, the, the week's over. Let's go for a drink. Drinking nose back. <laughs> you know, and and it becomes the norm. And this is what people get sucked into. Then you feel like shit all weekend because of a big Friday night out. You don't get to enjoy your weekend and make the most of it. Or you go out again on Saturday night and do the same thing again. You don't see daylight all weekend because you've been you're hungover and you're feeling like shit. You then eat crappy food and you go back to work feeling like crap on Monday. And, and everyone thinks that's a great weekend. You know, people literally live for it. Live for that and go back on a Monday work. Oh, I've had an awesome weekend. Oh, what did you do? I got hammered on Friday night, I got hammered on Saturday night and didn't see anything. And I ate my I ate my weight in chocolate. Yeah. You know, I mean that and that's and they're the people that scare the shit out of me in their forties and fifties who've got kids or, or stressful lives, their heart attack's waiting to happen, their, yeah. their adult onset diabetes waiting to happen, their obesity problems waiting to happen, their alcoholics waiting to happen, their drug-addicted people waiting to happen because they're, they're, lift, they're living on that, you know, they're trying to find that source of um, stimulus by either caffeine, nicotine, or, or, or cocaine and drugs and stuff like that because they're not bloody looking after themselves. I just I can hear it in my voice. I get so fucking wound up about it. I watch, and I've watched, I've, I've watched, I watch so many friends do it every weekend. I see the same thing on a Monday morning on Facebook. Well, it's almost like, in, especially in that corporate role nowadays, it's like functioning alcoholics. Mm. Like, I've got quite a few I friends think I, I think the I've same, and it's was. like majority, majority yeah. people are that. But then, so what tips would you give for people that find they are stuck in that loop and are struggling maybe? That want to kind of gather, that want to improve their body shape. It, it, it comes back what to that. It comes back to that fear factors. thing because I think they get everyone gets very comfortable in that cycle. Yeah. And again, it's the fear factor of going. If I stop this cycle, it's not going to work, and I'm going to fail. That's what stops people from doing it. I guarantee you that anyone who's listening, who's at that point, that is what's stopping you from doing it. You're scared. You're comfortable doing that Friday night routine and that crappy weekend routine. So my advice is just do it. Just mm. do it maybe do it a bit at a time. If you, if, you, if you drink six days a week, right, pull that back to four and see how you feel. Pull that down to three in a couple of weeks' time. Pull that down to two, then get to the point you go one night a week. You go out for some drinks. Fine. Reward yourself. Yeah. Um, my biggest bit of advice is don't try to do it all at once. You've definitely got to take it a step at a time. Um, but get over the fear. What are you scared of? You know, it's what scared. are you scared of? I mean, and, and that's the big thing to ask. Are you frightened of being in good shape? Are you frightened of, of being of feeling healthier and feeling happier and feeling with more and having more energy? Or are, you, are, are you that scared of the change of your life? Or are you scared you're going to miss out because you're going to lose friends? Or, because or are you scared of failing? Or are you scared of failing? And that's what it comes down to. Most people are scared of failing. Or most, scared, most people are scared of losing stuff that they think is good. The social aspect of their lives, drinking on a Friday night, all, I'll the, find, I'll, all that kind I'll, of stuff. I'll vouch for that though, because I found that when I was uh, like boxing got really, really serious for me when I was at uni, and obviously everyone knows that uni lifestyle. Go out five out of seven days, get absolutely tonked. Yep. I was one of the social sex because I went in and um, joined the rugby union yep. um, team just because they're like 
notorious for good sessions and that. <laughs> yes, shit, yes, shit indeed. Yeah. yeah. So I went there and ended up Do getting um, getting um, nominated and became a, a social sex, which means I used to yeah. run the socials. So yeah, I was yeah. like. Because I used to love a session. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I still do well, now. Look, I still do. I, like, I, I, don't get me wrong, but I, but I choose my battles now. Yeah. Um, and then one thing I found was going out, you almost have this self-imposed peer pressure to drink. Oh, massively. It's And it's FOMO. If you if you, if you don't yeah. go, you have that fear of missing out. It's what everyone else... I'm at the gym. What's everyone else doing? You know, And you go through that phase of going... You literally go through that, that fear of going... And it's almost restlessness of going... Do I go to the gym or go to the pint, the pub? Do I go to the gym? Do I go to the pub? Do not, I go to the gym? Do I go to the pub? Even that, even that um, dilemma aside, I'm finding like I'd go out with my friends and I just wouldn't drink because yep. I'd, I'd, I'd get very not. Yeah, so I'd go out like eight weeks before a fight, I wouldn't drink. Yeah. Because you can't you can't lose weight and you drink. It's so difficult. If you're going to drink heavily, yeah. Like oh, you'd be, you'd be surprised the you amount of calories yeah. that you tuck away. So and, 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 the, and the fluid you then carry. But I think the point, the big difference, what you just said then was, and I, and this is a, this is a bit of this is a word of advice is you just said I have a fight in eight weeks, therefore I'm not going that to. Why? Yes. Why? Yes, very why. strong. Why? If you had a you had a goal, you had a set target, you had something to do, and I so I think it's the same thing with to answer your question earlier, how the advice to give to people who want to who want to make some changes in their life, set a little goal, little goal. You know, say, right, in four weeks' time, I want to reduce my alcohol intake by four X. glasses a day or something. Yeah. You know, and, and you do it bit by bit by bit. Or have it find a reason to do it. Or you go, okay, I'm going to do a 5K run in three months' time. You've got to, you've then got to, you then think, then, then as I said before, when you get to a point you make a decision, is that decision, or is the choice of what you're about to do going to get you to that 5K run, or is it, it going to slow you down? Or is it a hindrance? Yeah. Correct. So one thing I'll say on that as well is book something. Don't just say you're going no, to exactly. do something. Like book, book something. It. So go if you're, if you're listening to this now and you're kind of having that moment, you're like, oh, well, I want to do something, go online and book a Tough Mudder, yep. book your local 5K, a yep. 10K, do a 10K walk. half marathon. And do it, do it with fun, do it with some friends and stuff, or do it for charity. And this is what people do, is they go, right, I'll do a 5K run, and I'm going to do it for charity. Yeah. They then put something up on Facebook, something saying, right, guys, I'm running a 5K run to raise money for X, Y, Z, and that gives them that accountability. You know, so that's a great thing to do. You know, book something. You know, we did the crazy stuff. We booked a photo. I booked a photo shoot. Yeah. That was my, that was my end date. Um, and I had to fucking do stuff. I had to get this yeah. stuff done because because that was the band. I put a big thing about it. But that's a great piece of advice. Book, plan something in six, eight, twelve weeks time that you then have to stick to and get some get some friends involved or, or, or tell the world about it. Put it and, up and get on. Yeah, get socially accountable. So yeah. put it up on Instagram. Like put it in your in your stories. Yeah, yeah. Tag us in it as tell well. Them. Why not like yeah, tag, tag, tag get us. It on, <laughs> get it in Facebook. Yeah. Tag your friends on and Instagram, try and pull yeah. as many of them on board. Yeah. And get a little get group that support. of you on, on that. You'd be surprised how many people and the other thing is a lot of people are scared to start this journey because they, they wonder what their friends are going to think of them and I guarantee you within a circle of 20, 30 friends there's probably five or six of you all having the same thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and so just splinter group, five, six people go, right, who wants to do this? And start up your own group. You're not going to lose. You're not going to lose that many friends, and the friends that you that you do lose probably weren't friends in the first place. And it's a harsh, it's a harsh truth, and it's a bit of a tough love comment, you know. But the people that don't support you in this kind of stuff, and they, and they disappear and go quiet, or laugh at you behind your back, they're either jealous because you're making a change in your life, 
or they're not friends, not valuable friends in the first place. The ones that stick by you and congratulate you and support you and ask how you're going and you know all this kind of stuff, they're the people you want to hang around and keep mm. around you and support you. That is one thing. It's called like um, fitness shaming, fit shaming. Yeah, fit shaming. It? And you'd actually be very surprised how <sighs> when you actually start seeing changes, start seeing results, you're getting in better shape people will start I, I used to have it people would be like oh you look gaunt oh yeah. you look you, you're too skinny you're too skinny oh, but I had the same thing so I had colleagues why are you work, work eating colleagues. this yeah, my oh, work colleagues going stop, stop losing so much weight you're looking too skinny you're looking too skinny my old personal trainer yeah told me I was losing weight too fast and it's mad and it's, that's the thing it's like almost people get a little bit envious of you because you're seeing results and it makes them feel bad about them themselves correct because they, they, they don't they don't think they can do it themselves so it's, Whereas, it's, an envy, it's not envious of you it's envious of the fact that they think they can't do it themselves it comes yeah. back to that bit we talked about before saying that lack of confidence that fear of failure it's not that they're jealous of you they're f- afraid to agree with you because they think they can't do it themselves mm. It's that it's kind of like a reverse jealousy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Coining a new phrase, reverse jealousy. Yeah. I'm jealous of myself. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's kind of it's interesting because it's as I said, you know, I've learned so much in the last nine months about all this kind of stuff because I've gone through it. And I, and maybe for you know for the purpose of this podcast, we're being we're probably delving a bit too deep. But I think I think coming back to the surface and going, okay, let's talk to people who are in their forties and fifties. Guys, it's 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 a it's a choice. It's a, it's a matter of choice of going. I need. I I've got to decide to do this, and for whatever reason that is. And but as I said, don't let it. Don't wait for it to be a reason because you have to. Mm. You know, choose to do it because it's the right. It is the right thing to do. And I'm not. And I'm not saying get in front of a camera with a six pack. If that's not what I'm talking about, it's not about that. It's not about that false. And I do believe that there is that. In the industry, unfortunately, particularly with Instagram and social media and stuff, there is a there is a false image of what physical fitness is. Yeah, you know, the, not everyone needs or you, wants to be shredded. You, you don't, don't exactly, right. and it's fucking hard to be like that. It's actually unhealthy. You know, yeah. they look at those guys on the guys on Instagram who are ostensibly permanently shredded. They're not. They're on gear. A, or they're on gear, but B, they've taken 150 photographs in the course of a two-week period that they then use for the entire yeah. year, and it makes it look like they're in shape all year. I Literally, I'll, I'll be open and honest about that. So just before a fight, I would take photos. I stay, don't get me yeah. wrong, I'm very active, though. Yeah. Like, I, I'm obviously as a PT, like, I'm always running around after people, running here, there. Yeah. I, I enjoy jogging because it's good for my headspace. And then I cycle everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. some days I'll, I'll cycle pretty... Anywhere from 100 to 200 miles yeah. a week. Yep. Like, so don't get me wrong, if, for me it's actually. Yeah, and, that's, and, and, it and a that's a lifestyle choice. But then this is what I'm saying it's like, you know, don't think that, that that's the. For people who are, again, concerned about failing, because that, and that's what's stopping them from starting, don't feel that what you see on Instagram with all these fit bodies and things is the end result that you have to go for. It's not about that. It's like what you said, it's about being the best version of yourself. Yep. And you won't be able to play with your kids. Exactly, you won't be able to play with your kids. You won't be able to play with your kids, you won't be able to play with your grandkids, you'll, you'll end up in a hospital, you have a heart attack. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, and this is talking to people in their late 30s, 40s, 50s who are scared to start this journey. It's because you're, you're scared because you're scared of failure. You know, you don't have to get a six pack. You don't have to have a beach body. You don't have to be wearing a bikini. It's not about that. Sure, if eventually you get to the point, as I did, halfway through the journey going, actually, maybe I could do this, mm. great. 
But that's not the, that's not an end result, you know. I, that's the thing. I it's not about that at all. And majority of my clients I've had over the years, I've had like loads of clients. Very like few of them. Even when I talk to them, so obviously that's one of the main conversations you have. Is like, what yeah. is your goal? What, why, why, why are you, are you here? Why yeah. am I here? It's the first question I ask every potential client. Why do you want to do this? And it's net. You starts off going, I want a six pack. Yeah, I want it that. ends up being, I need self confidence. I want more in, energy. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I, you I feel ask shit why a few times, as soon as you ask why a few you times, like, why do you want a six pack? Well, yeah. the, well why do you want a six pack? Correct. Oh, I'm going on this beach holiday. So why go the holiday? So what's why going, you going on, yeah. Exactly. What do you want? What do you want to feel? How do you want that to feel? And they say, oh, I've just broken up from there. Exactly. I don't feel good about myself. Like, yeah, yeah it always, there's always deeper meanings. And, and, this, and this potentially, it's a bit weird as well. And this is another reason I think people in their 40s and 50s, again, potentially a bit scared to start this up because they're scared of what they're, what they're going to find out about themselves. Deep. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast. But again, it's one of the things yeah. I looked. I, I started to realise. I, I got a bit freaked out, and I've had I've had conversations with people over the past eight or nine months, and I've had I had another guy that I, I was going through some did a, a course on transactional analysis with. So to be up at psychological training, and he went off and did a retreat. He came back to after the retreat. He said, oh, you, you he said you have to go and do this. You will get so much out of it. And I never went. And why did I not go? And I'll be very honest, because I was too scared about what I'd uncover. Yeah. Way too scared about what I'd uncover about myself. I've already found it. It's like peeling back layers of an onion. Um, and I've done a lot of layer peeling back over the last nine months. I was a bit too scared to do any more. I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah. I will do it. I think I need to. And I think it'll be good to do it. But it's. But this is, again, that fear factor thing about people being scared they're going to fail. They're scared about finding out stuff about themselves. They're scared about admitting that they've got a problem. It's a bit like alcoholics and things like that. It's like, you know, to admit the fact that you're overweight and obese or you're a potential heart attack risk or whatever, to admit that and and to think about the comfort that that might have to remove, it's scary for some people. It's very scary for some people. Mm. That fear of missing out, the fear of not being social anymore, the fear of missing losing friends or the fear of a change of lifestyle. You know, it's bonkers because it's 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 an irrational fear and you're basically signing a death warrant. You know, you're not you're not you know, you you put you're putting enjoyment and social life and all this sort of stuff above the above your own health. It's, I have the same conversation with people when I talk about the cost of this sort of stuff, they're like, Oh, I only want to invest like fifty quid a month on this. I said, What? Right, so your personal health, yeah. your physical health is only worth a pound a day or a pound fifty a day. Seriously. It's actually... And then like, so people start realising, and I'm like, well, how much are you spending on coffee? How much are you spending on beer a week? Yeah. How much are you spending on takeaway meals and things? And, they, and they're racking up 20, 30, 40 pounds a week. I'm like, right, but you want to spend one pound a week by getting fit? And I, I literally just had them, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. You know, because, and that's when they realise it. And they go, oh, shit, yeah, you're probably right. You know, and like we invest so much time and energy on... You know, on pursuit of happiness around, you know, you know, we put massive amounts of pressure on ourselves to earn a lot of money, having high wages to get a house and have a mortgage and a nice car and a flat screen TV and all this kind of stuff. But the minute you start asking someone to invest in, in you know, in themselves, you know, every three years someone buys it, like someone will probably buy a new, I suppose you said two to two and a half thousand pounds on a new television every three years. They don't need it. Is that... But it's like, but they're not investing in themselves. You spend two and a half grand on yourself in physical fitness, you're going to be a so much better version of yourself. It's that power of impulsivity. Yeah. Like, I think in this day and age, especially 
with the way of obviously when you look at the TV, everything's marketed like buy this McDonald's thing or yeah, buy yeah. this X or like everything's marketed to you and everything's pushed on you. Everything's pushed on you, and the, and the, the latest and greatest. You know, you've, you've, yeah. you've got you know your mobile phone. You you know, within a year of having your mobile phone, all of a sudden there's a new version. You've got to go get that. You know, you've got to get a big. It's bigger and better, and it has a nicer screen. And, you know, and but and life more is money, all more about. Money, it's all like life. Honestly, nowadays it's all about instant gratification. Yeah. Like even to the point where you don't have to cook anymore. You can just call someone and <laughs> boom, you've got whatever food you want yeah. at yeah, your in front door. Of you. Yeah, and that's the, the issue. The like, I guess people. nowadays, yeah, but it's that kind of curse of the modern times it's well, it like is. Well, it's and impulsivity we, we, and yeah. like instant gratification yeah. like sometimes you take a step back and look at the long game like look at that yeah. it's the same as like I guess cheating yeah. like why would you go and throw away when you two like a life that you could have with such an amazing person for a quick shag on a night yep. out with some random bird you yep. have no idea about exactly right you get any pin of clothes off and it's a shit and you well, just the, like, that, sit there well like, that comes down to that which we're going to get deep that's, that's, that comes down to a being um, um, what's the word people approval you know if you're not getting it from your, your partner for various reasons and you go and you're feeling shit about yourself you go and get it from somewhere else mm. or buy or pay for it it's again. instant gratification because you're not getting gratified somewhere else Let's not go down that. That's there again. But then I guess you're also looking at that that fear again as well, because you might be scared that you're not good enough. You're not exactly. Well, of course you are, and that's that's the approval thing. You've got to go find that approval. It's like people post each other on Instagram. You know, it's about getting likes and and all this kind of stuff. It's that acknowledgement and approval and. um, All this kind of stuff that people want, and this is why they go and have an affair because they're not getting it at home. They'll go find it somewhere else, and they're not getting it home because they're not bloody cultivating it properly. It's like, hey, let's run another little quote. And it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener on the side that you give a bit of TLC, you exactly. cultivate. Yeah, this is one of my favourite lines. Right, I think we should finish on this. It's going to be a while and this is going to be really deep. But yeah, let's... Um, so wrapping it up then, I mean, I, th- I think you said that one of the three things that advice for people is... Um, what did I say? Um, one was, you know, it, it, find the time. You, yeah. you do have time to get you do have time to get fit you absolutely do have time to get fit the second one is don't be afraid to start you will not fail there is no such thing as failure I'll give you another quote in a minute <laughs> um, and I, I, well, no, I will it's the same guy that's the, the, the guy with the erroneous zones and, and choices and stuff he, he uses the analogy of you know if you've never played golf before and you walk up to that first tee you put the tee in the, in the hole you put the ball on top of the tee you, and you swing at that ball Invariably, if you've never played golf before, that, that ball's going to go nowhere. doesn't mean you failed. You've, there's still been a reaction to your action. The ball has gone somewhere, but you haven't failed. Mm. You know, and I think this is the thing with weight loss, the thing with the fitness journey. You will never fail. As long as you keep moving forward, you know, if, if you're going to describe a failure of weight loss or, or describe your fitness is when you put on weight and you get in worse shape. It's not going to happen. It's physically impossible to happen. But that's the that's that would be that would be failure. Actually, not even failure. Still, something's happened. Yeah. It's just done the wrong thing, you know. So, um, find make the time. You've got it. You've definitely got the time to do it. Don't be afraid of failure. What the first? I can't remember what the first one was. Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, that's that, that's to me. So for anyone in a, in that kind of age bracket, just do it. Yeah. 
That oh, was the last. Oh, balance. That was it. Oh, that was yeah. Balance. Don't throw it all away on the weekend. Yeah, don't throw. It's finding the it's finding the balance. And and look, you know, that's what you know, guys like me and Kieran are here for. It's helping people find that balance, helping them make the right decisions, make the right choices, helping them see that they can get into their lifestyle and fit into their time frame. You know, and helping them get and giving them that confidence that they're not going to fail. And helping them to develop the strategy to get yeah. them to their goal yeah. in the quickest and the fastest and most efficient manner. I think efficient is right? a better way of saying it rather than fast or quickest because, you know, fast or quick isn't necessarily the right way of doing it. You think about all these yeah, six, eight week, ten yeah. week shreds and things. Doable, yeah, but is it a sustainable thing? No. You know, I think particularly people our age, or my age and, um, you know, in their 40s and 50s and stuff, doing an eight-week shred is probably not physically good for you. Um, you know, it's probably that's more suited to kind of 25, 30, 35-year-old people maybe at the tops, but someone who's 45, 50 who is overweight and wants to get shredded, an eight-week shred is probably slightly dangerous. That's, so again, it's, yeah. about, it's about finding, to your point, I think it's, it's about <sighs> doing it efficiently and healthily, you know, with the right why, the right goals in mind, um, you know, not trying to be a, a fish trying to fly. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's balance. It's balance, it's making the time and it's, don't, and it's not being afraid. Yeah, amazing. So where can people find out more about you? Uh, me, so they can find me on Instagram um, and my Instagram handle is at fitself, F-I-T-S-E-L-F, underscore online so that's at fitself online Obviously, um, be in the show notes yep or same again on facebook so search for at fitself online but no underscore it's just one word um or website um fitself.co.uk and my podcast which is the best self podcast Amazing. And also your travel guides. And my travel guide. Yep. You can download a free travel guide. So this is a guide I've written on the back of 20 plus years of corporate work where I've done a lot of extensive travel around the world for business, for social, for pleasure, and still managed to stay in shape. Um, so it's, a, it's rammed full of tips and tricks on how to make wise choices around food, planning. Um, there's a, and then there's a 30 to 45 minute in hotel or in park or in room workout in there. And you can get that by going onto the website as well um, and clicking the link. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for that. I think there's an amazing <laughs> amount of serious takeaways. Loads in um, there, yeah. Yeah, got, got, yeah, just a little bit. No, but mate, um, yeah, amazing. I think we'll have to square away a round two and just really dig yeah. back into that mindset. Yeah, yeah, badly. More than happy. Good amazing. Morning, well, anyway, thank you very much. Pleasure, buddy. Talk to you very soon.